Hello and welcome to my very first ever podcast. My name is Tijn Boom and today I will be talking to you about my most recent bit of research. For those of you listening, after doing the peak field trip, I really hope you enjoyed. Uh, For those of you who haven't done the trip yet, I really recommend doing so because it gives a lot of context for this podcast and it's also just a lot of fun. Anyway, let's just get into it. Um, Before we get started, I am going to give you a short introduction to my research. So I'll be discussing the influence of the secondary channel near Nijmegen on nearby floodplains, uh, which are also near Nijmegen. So the Waal makes a very sharp turn and forms a natural bottleneck. Uh, this causes water to stagnate, and which caused floods in 1993 and 1995. Back then, 250,000 people and over a million animals had to be evacuated. And this led to the introduction of a new program called Ruimte voor de Rivieren or Space for the Rivers. Um, as part of the Space for the Rivers program, a new secondary channel called the Spiegelwaal has been created near Nijmegen. However, this is also at the heart of a Natura 2000 area uh, called the Gelder Support. Um, and the reason this is a Natura 2000 area is because of the nature in the many different floodplains. So introducing a project like the Spiegelwaal could not only harm the nature on that exact location, but it could also potentially uh, damage the valuable uh, floodplains nearby. For my research, we will be looking at the floodplains near Bemmel, which is upstream from Nijmegen, and the floodplains near Oosterhout, which is downstream from Nijmegen. The reason I chose to do both upstream and downstream of the Spiegelwaal is because the secondary channel does not only change the water level downstream, It also decreases stagnation of water upstream, which lowers the water level as well. Uh, Both floodplains are used for recreation, only the one near Bemmel a bit more intensively. Uh, And also both floodplains have special fields designed for meadows, so birds can grow there, especially meadow birds. Uh, The biggest difference between the floodplains, besides being upstream or downstream from the secondary channel, is that they almost completely... uh, that the one near Oosthoutswaard has almost been completely opened up and the one in the Bemmelsewaard is still fenced because the land is owned by farmers. Um, the one in the Oosthoutswaard also has very few paths or agriculture. Um, and the one in the Bemmelsewaard has a lot of agriculture and cycling paths and swimming lakes and stuff like that. Um, In order to get to know the answer to the research question, we have to answer uh, three other sub-questions. The first one is, what were the main motives behind creating a secondary channel? So why did they choose to do a secondary channel and not just uh, uh, higher the dikes or lower the wall itself? The second question is, do the floodplains submerge as often as they used to and how does this affect the ecosystems? And the third question is, what are other major changes that might have impacted the floodplains? So how do we know for sure that if something changes in the floodplain, that it's really because of the uh, secondary channel and not just because of something else like, for example, the uh, release of grazers? Uh, Let's just get into the first question. So what were the main motives behind creating a secondary channel? Well, the direct cause, like I already mentioned before, were the events of 1993 and 1995. Um, But it's really about why they decided to create a secondary channel instead of reinforcing or raising the dikes. 
or putting the dice just further apart or lowering the riverbed in the valve. Uh, there were several factors that made the secondary channel the best option. Um, reinforcing and raising the dikes might work, but it's not very durable. You can't just keep raising the dikes higher and higher forever, so though this might have been a lot more cost effective right now, eventually it would only cost more. Uh, putting the dikes further apart is what has been done in combination with the digging of the secondary channel. So if they had only moved the dikes without constructing a secondary channel, it would either not lower the water level enough, or it would just take up way too much space. Uh, like I said, this project is almost in the middle of the city Nijmegen, so with the construction of the secondary channel already 50 houses and several greenhouses had to be destroyed. So it would ha also have made the distance between Nijmegen North and Nijmegen larger and when one of the municipalities main goals is to include land more as a part of Nijmegen that would of course be uh, counter effective. The last option was lowering the riverbed in the Waal. Uh, this would mean closing the shipping route, which would cost a, cost a lot of money and also cause a lot of trouble. It is also very expensive and a temporary solution like elevating the dikes. Besides that, it was I was told by a sailor uh, who used to sail over the Waal that there are old Roman ruins at the bottom of the Waal. Uh, they cannot just be removed because of their potential historical value. So this only leaves us with one last option, which is the secondary channel. Besides decreasing water stagnation, it also creates a lot of room for recreation and the catering industry. It brings Nijmegen closer to land. The sand is needed for the production of new residential areas. And it's a new showpiece for Nijmegen. Uh, the downsides of the secondary channel are the extreme high costs, the destruction of the 50 houses and the loss of nature. Um, Yet overall the secondary, secondary channel does seem to be the most beneficial solution for everyone. The second question we'll be answering is do the floodplains submerge as often as they used to and what is the impact on the ecosystems? Well this is a good one. Um, after speaking to locals the floodplains do seem to flood much less often than they used to. However when they do flood they flood more intensely and for a shorter period. Uh, the water can get up all the way to the edge of the dike and then within a couple of days it will be almost completely gone again. This of course heavily impacts the floodplains and for some types of vegetation the land will just become dry for too long periods which causes them to wither. Uh, and it's not easy to just replace those plants by any ordinary other plant because the area does still occasionally flood and the new replacing vegetation has to be able to survive this. And it also can be overpowering other plant species in the area. Uh, for example, so the people near Oosterhout have recently been complaining about the extreme growth in thistle population. Um, they aren't eaten by Scottish Highlanders. And this is an example of a situation where one type of plant just takes over because they don't have any natural enemies in the area and the circumstances are really in their favor. Um, so that's the answer to the second question and then we'll be heading on to the third and final sub-question. Uh, what are other major changes that might have impacted the floodplains? Well, in order to determine if changes in the ecosystems are really a consequence of the construction of the secondary channel, we have to eliminate all other factors at play. The first major development in the area that has an impact on the biodiversity and the ecosystem as a whole is the release of the grazers or conic horses and Scottish Highlanders. 
They are semi-wild and can roam around the area freely. They only eat whatever they like, which can, as I mentioned before, lead to uneven competition, causing one type of plant like the thistle to take over. Locals also have very different points of view about these animals. Some really like them because they destroy, uh, dislike them because they destroy or eat all nature, and others like them because they are natural, according to them. There is also a group that wish to see so-called classical Dutch cows instead of the Scottish Highlanders or Polish Konig horses. Uh, this was, however, never an option because they are just too high maintenance. The second major factor is climate change. Uh, the last couple of years there have been very warm and dry summers combined with soft winters. This is turning the Rhine and Waal more and more from a meltwater river to a mixed river. And this means that the river has uh, higher water level peaks and lower uh, troughs. Instead of a more predictable and characteristic steady water level that belongs with a meltwater river. The drought naturally also influences the ecosystem just like in any other field. So many plants that thrive in wet conditions are now struggling. For example, the beech and birch trees used to thrive all over the Netherlands and they are now uh, struggling to reproduce. And other plant species that are more accustomed to drought are now thriving and outcompeting these uh, types of trees. So the last and most important factor is the big change in land use in the Oosterhuisseerwaard. Uh, this floodplain has gone from land with fences that was owned by farmers who used to mow everything down every once in a while uh, and who had cattle grazed there to wide open fields with natural grazers and space for people just to just roam around and have a look everywhere. So this causes plants and animals in the region to drastically change as well. Uh, so that's the answer to the third question is that there are also a lot of other factors that have changed in the time that the new secondary channel was implemented. Uh, so now we're gonna combine all three answers to answer the most important question. So what is the influence of the secondary channel on local floodplains? Well, this is, this is a different, difficult one. Um, it is clear that the Spiegelwaal is of great importance for safety of people in the area, and also that it has a major socio-economical and cultural influence on the region. But whether or not it also has an ecological impact in the floodplains remains hard to tell due to the many other developments in the floodplains. However, by just simply applying basic logic, we can conclude that lowering the water level in the Waal by installing the Spiegelwaal or the secondary channel uh, does appear to amplify changes that were already ongoing due to climate change and the re release of grazers and other factors like that. Well, that was my research in short. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you still have any questions or comments, please send an email to my email address, address uh, tijn.boom, so T-I-J-N dot B-O-O-M at W-U-R dot N-L, so at ver.nl. And in case you haven't done the peak field trip yet, I really recommend doing so and let me know what you thought about that as well.